next on ReachMD. Voices from American Medicine, featuring perspectives, challenges, and triumphs from medical professionals on the front lines of healthcare. Now here's the host of Voices from American Medicine, Frank Russomano. Hello, you're watching Voices from American Medicine. I'm Frank Russomano, your host. Today we're going to be talking about drug pricing, and I'm here with Andrew Rosenberg and Tom Sullivan. We're broadcasting from National Harbor, Maryland. Welcome to the show, guys. Andy's a healthcare analyst at Thorn Run Partners, and Tom is the editor of Policy and Medicine, and we really appreciate having you guys. Today we're going to talk about drug pricing. A lot in the news, a lot in the press, a lot of good information, a lot of misinformation. Um, Andrew, would you like to start and tell us a little bit about what's happening with uh, drug pricing and government? Sure, I'd be happy to. Well, um, Frank, for a variety of reasons, there is um, really renewed and almost, I'd almost say spiking interest right now in drug policy, drug pricing related policy in Washington, D.C. Uh, the issue sort of ebbs and flows over the years, and I think that the Affordable Care Act uh, sort of took um, real serious conversation about drug, poli- drug pricing off the table for a couple of years, um, uh, in large part because the pharmaceutical industry was very supportive of the Affordable Care Act, and, um, and I think that there's been a, an effort to sort of digest um, what that law did and see what its impact has been on policy and on uh, the price of health care, and, and I think it's, it's arguable, but from my perspective, there are some very positive trends going on with regard to health costs. One area in the past year that has, in the past couple of years, but it's really, again, becoming more uh, of an area of concern is that of the price of drugs. Um, and um, I think that it, there are good arguments on both sides to explain what's going on in the drug pricing realm. Um, on one hand, um, there is a lot of great new innovation, and innovation costs a ton of money. And bringing a new drug to market uh, costs in excess of $1 billion, it's estimated. Um, and you can only imagine how many drugs don't make it to market for every one that does. So the, uh, the amount of investment that it takes uh, to pull off uh, the innovations that we're all benefiting from uh, as Americans uh, is astounding. Um, and it's something that you know, the, the drug industry will be quick to point to uh, the fact that while drug prices may be rising faster than inflation, uh, that as a practical matter, drugs are a relatively... Um, modest portion of our health care spend, and that if utilized correctly, uh, a good drug regimen can keep somebody out of a hospital, and that's where most of the most of the costs of our health care systems come from. On the other side of the issue, and on the other side of the headlines these days, is that there have been a couple of examples recently uh, where there have been some seemingly egregious activities by some bad actors uh, to raise some drug prices through the roof. We've all heard of the Turing Pharmaceuticals with this this young gangster who's now in prison uh, for, I think, fraud and, uh, and I don't know if it was tax evasion or some sort of uh, corporate scam he was pulling in a previous, uh, in a previous job uh, with a previous company. But he bought a company or he bought a drug that was sort of an older product um, and, uh, and jacked the price up a couple thousand percent just, you know, the day after he bought it, basically, without any justification for it. So those are the sorts of headlines that politicians love to seize on. And... Uh, and we are in a very political season, and we are in a, a real election season. I don't know how to say this, but there is a real sort of um, anti-corporation sort of sentiment among both the left and the right in our in our country right now. And it's very easy to point to some bad actors and to paint the whole industry with that brush, and therefore to try to drive to drive great outrage 
and there is some real good justifiable outrage in some of these cases, right. um, and to, to paint the whole industry with that brush. But as a result of that, I think that industry is feeling under increased pressure um, to, uh, to, to look closely at its pricing policies, at its rationales, at its cost structure, um, and, to, and to understand that, um, that the future is going to possibly demand more of them in terms of uh, explaining their costs uh, for their products. Um, and so um, in the immediate turn, I think that you're going to see a lot of headlines about this, a lot of politics around it, because we're in, again, election year. Um, there are going to be hearings on Capitol Hill this month and next month probably around this issue. They'll trot out some of the bad guys. They'll make them look terrible. Um, you know, the responsible pharma companies will kind of scurry and try to sort of justify themselves, and others will try to paint them all with the same brush. Um, but you're probably not going to see any legislation passed this year being an election year. But folks are sort of uh, beginning to churn on this, and I think it remains uncertain to see whether or not there's actually going to be any meaningful change or whether or not this is just sort of a cyclical thing that will right. eventually come back to earth. Tom, what's the range of opinion on Capitol Hill, um, and, and what, what could potentially uh, be impacted in, in legislation? We have seen this storm before. In 2008, for instance, during that election cycle, we saw a lot of demonizing of, of, uh, of insurance companies. We saw demonizing of pharmaceutical companies and device companies in 2008. And a part of that was in preparation for the next administration to pass legislation. In that case, it was for the Affordable Care Act. Um, what I think you will see uh, politically is, like, he sa like Andrew said, it, it's both a left and right issue. So you, on one side, you have the the, uh, the, 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 the liberals are saying, look, at they're driving up the costs. Um, there's all these. What happened was really kind of the base issue was you had these opportunistic Wall Street investors who saw a, a, a inefficiency in the marketplace. And i.e., they saw that there were these, these drugs with small markets that were generic, but there were no generic competition. And so and they knew it takes a – because the FDA has been backlogged on generic approvals – they saw this as, a, as an opportunity to go in and swoom up some of these not basically, you know, two or 3,000 person selling uh, drugs and then just rise the, the bejeejees out of them yeah, right. and, and that, cost the healthcare system. Go to, ahead. To that point, I mean, these are often orphan drugs for orphan conditions where maybe the generic only costs a couple pennies to make, but there's only one company that, uh, that even At this sees point, there's, yeah, there's nobody else who's got an approval from yeah. the FDA, right? Well, nobody else is manufacturing it. It's generic. Right. You could get a generic approval fairly quickly, but nobody's made these things for years because why would you? There's not a market for it, and they're selling for a dollar a pill, Right. 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 So they saw this, and they, and they, you know, and um, and these kind of Wall Street guys saw this, and they said, "Well, we'll become pharmaceutical companies." And so all of a sudden, now the the, the problem is, is that the research-based pharmaceutical companies get painted with the brush of these kind of uh, opportunistic Wall Street investors who are looking at market, what I call market inefficiencies. And so they, you know, they're like, "Oh, let's just go and take advantage of a regulatory environment that's supposed to protect people." Which is, you know, only because even though FDA, you're right, they can quickly get FDA approval, but you still have to figure out how to market it. It takes time, you know. So, so, so you have that. So that makes all of a sudden now you have the perfect, you know, kind of the perfect storm of look at this bad guy. Most right. legislation, basically, if you think about legislation when it's passed, it's because someone gets hit at a light, you know, a stop sign two or three times, they get accidents, and that's why they have to put a light there. And it's the same with something like this. They start to see, they like, you know, examples. Oh, look at this. There's something happening. We need to put light. 
But on the, on the other side, the prices of some of these newer uh, biologic drugs have been very expensive, right? And they're very expensive to make, but they're also just, they're just a lot of money. Right. And so, you know, looking at $100,000, $200,000 a year for, to treat a patient and, you know, and the government saying, we don't have that money. And, the, you know, and the state governments are saying, we don't have that money. And the insurance company saying, we don't have that money. You know, so it's driven up the cost significantly right. of, of healthcare. And it's not, you know, it's, it's gone, I mean, it's still about 10% of the total healthcare bill is, is, is medications. It really hasn't moved that much. This last year, a couple of years it moved, and some of that was for, for break, what we call breakthrough products. Savaldi, for instance, which was a breakthrough product for Hep C, but, it, but you know, the initial list price was very high, and so people were you know, freaked out about it. So it's able to use as an issue. Now, on the, uh, so on the left side, it's saying that, the, that basically all industry, you know, there's a lot of industries bad, and they're you know, trying to take advantage of the situation. On the right, it's like, we're the government. We don't have any money. We can't pay for it. So that's where the kind of the rub, that's why it becomes. We actually see the, the Democrats and the Republicans agree for different reasons. They all agree for different reasons, right? right? So, so it's it's and so it's. I think it's it's imperative that 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 physicians understand that that the drugs that they're the drugs that they're working with some are expensive, some are less expensive, and how do we manage our patients so that so that it doesn't break their bank? One of the things I think is interesting from a physician side is that I think more and more physicians need to start having the conversation with their patients of, hey, how much is this going to cost you if I put you on this medication? Are you insured for this? Is this on formulary, off formulary? Is this on your, is this, where is this fit on the schedule? How much are you going to have to contribute? And I think very few physicians ever actually communicate the contribution side to their patients. So um, I think as a physician, if you can sit down and t- just, and I know it's difficult, but kind of start to look at how much this is costing your patients so that they can make the choice, i.e., let them make the choice that they want to, um, you know, if they want the, the very best um, cancer medication that's going to change, that, that, you know, has a better chance of curing them, but something else maybe has an 85% cans and maybe a little bit cheaper, let them make that decision. So I think it's important that physicians become kind of involved in the cost equation with their patients. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And if I could also add, I mean, I think that, you know, one thing that sort of is, is sorely lacking in all this politics around this issue is an honest conversation about the challenge and the choices. And Tom's getting at that from the perspective of out of pocket. And, you know, we're a country where we think everybody ought to have the best of everything, especially when it comes to health care. Well, as a practical matter, we're now getting into a place in our evolution where we're able to make remarkable discoveries we just heard in this President's State of the Union address that we are going to try to cure cancer. And I can tell you, you would hear great cheers coming up from the labs of all the pharmaceutical companies that I work with on that sort of a moonshot sort of approach to curing um, the scourge of cancer. But then on the flip side is who's going to pay for the, uh, for the research that it takes? And America bears a huge brunt of the global cost of innovation, whether that's right or wrong. The truth of the matter is, is that most other countries um, negotiate much lower prices for their population than we do. American taxpayers have historically sort of footed the bill for a large portion of the innovation that goes on. At the same time, nobody wants to turn off innovation, right? right. Nobody wants to sort of um, to, um, to, to, to imagine a world where we're not investing in that sort of, um, that sort of uh, growth and productivity and, and, and invention. But we have to have a, an honest conversation about what we can afford and what our healthcare system can truly bear. Um, you know, b- because like everything else, 
in a world of scarcity, you know, for everything there's there's a cost, um, and and I think sometimes, um, you know, people want to take, you know, uh, well, how is it? They want the, the milk but not the cow. They sort of want the innovation. They want to cure cancer, but they're going to beat the heck out of the industry for actually having expensive drugs on the market. All right. So, what might the legislators do? Well, this year I don't think there's going to be a lot of anything, uh, as we were talking about in election year. Um, uh, you're not going to see anything get bipartisan support. You're going to see uh, Republicans do things to try to embarrass Democrats and Democrats do things to try to embarrass Republicans and everything's going to be a sort of a dance. Um, you're going to see the presidential candidates offer proposals that probably be, bear very little um, semblance of what's actually doable or feasible or actually ever going to be introduced as part of their administration. Um, you know, there is sort of a dearth of good of new ideas. There are a lot of old ideas around things like uh, reimportation, so allowing people to bring drugs in from overseas. There are all sorts of problems with that. It's been opposed on by, by both Democrats and Republicans in the past. Um, direct negotiation between the government and uh, for the Medicare program and drug companies. That's something that always has life to it. There are costs and you know the benefits of, of that it tends to be a more democratically supported initiative than Republican. Um, you know, I think that folks worry that some folks in the industry worry that at some point that might revive itself, but the politics just aren't there for that to move forward. So, in the in the interim, I think what you may see is perhaps some small consensus type tweaks that are aimed to beat up or to avoid the sort of bad, egregious behavior, the sort of price gouging behavior that we talked about with with touring. And there are some other examples out there. I'm not going to throw anybody under the bus right now, but where they will look to, to, to try to, um, uh, Congress may look to try to curtail some behavior that's seen as getting after companies that are trying to game the system. Okay. Thank you. Tom, anything to add? Yeah, I would just say that there are several states uh, that have initiatives on the ballot, Ohio and, and California, that they're going to be looking at the price, this is for negotiation of drug prices for the state Medicaid systems but also for transparency. And I think you're going to see those kind of bills popping up more and more places. The AIDS activists uh, have been kind of leading the charge on this. Um, and I'm not sure, because the access to HIV drugs is pretty universal. Like, it's like if you're an HIV patient, you need a drug. There's, there's, there's tons of government programs that make well, it's sure. It's a protected class under protected Medicare class. Part D, It's so a you're protected class. Access, yeah. So you're guaranteed access. They can't deny you, uh, they can't deny you care. Uh, for uh, HIV drugs, so, but for some reason they've just been really pushing these. So we'll see how that happens with the states. Uh, we'll see what happens. Um, I think again, there, there's there's probably some legislation that's in development right now um, that's kind of working its way through the thought leaders that they're planning to go next year. They're waiting to see what the next Congress looks like, you know, uh, and then from there they'll they'll introduce they'll introduce things and, and try to get them passed. I mean, as you've seen, it's very little legislation gets passed. Um, it's almost like threading a needle at this point to get, uh, or even worse than threading a needle. I mean, I don't even know how. Maybe a microbe through, through. I mean, it's just so rare for legislation to pass. I don't know. I don't see that logjam clearing up anytime soon. Even even with another election, I don't see that logjam clearing up anytime soon. And uh, so it'll be a. This will be an interesting year for physicians. Uh, and it will affect them greatly. And, it'll, and I think just stick back and watch how much, what both candidates, watch the debates, what are both candidates saying about this price issue. 
Guys, thank you. Appreciate you being on the show. This has been Voices from American Medicine. I'm Frank Rusimano. For more on this series and much more, go to ReachMD.com. You've been listening to Voices from American Medicine, featuring perspectives, challenges, and triumphs from medical professionals on the front lines of healthcare. Voices from American Medicine is hosted by Frank Rusimano. And to access this program and others in the series, please visit us at ReachMD.com forward slash voices.